Hello, everyone, and welcome to Heads Up, the weekly webcast and podcast of the National Headache Foundation. I'm Dr. Lindsay Weitzel, migraine strategist, founder of the Facebook group Migraine Nation and chronic daily migraine survivor. I am here today with Dr. Vincent Martin. Hello, Dr. Martin. How are you? Great. So uh, he is the director of the Headache and Facial Pain Center at the University of Cincinnati, and he is also the president of the National Headache Foundation. We are here today because we're going to discuss what we need to know about the COVID-19 pandemic. It is affecting us all. Everyone's aware of it. Everyone has changed their entire lifestyle because of it. And we want to talk about what specific issues are relevant to those of us with headache disorders and migraine disease uh, with this viral pandemic going on. So, Dr. Martin, let's start by talking about what the symptoms of COVID-19 are, because some of them are quite relevant to those of us with headache disorders. Well, the three most common um, symptoms are going to be cough. Uh, fevers, uh, generally over 100.5, and also shortness of breath. Um, The latter symptom, the shortness of breath, would be something that doctors would be most concerned about because that would suggest it's starting to to affect your lungs. But one of the symptoms that most people don't mention is is headache. And headache is also part of the symptoms with the COVID infection um, as well. And it's not uncommon at all for Um, any infection, whether it be a bacterial infection like a sinus infection, or whether it be a viral infection, to send migraine patients into a string of migraine attacks. It's usually not just for a day, um, you know, because these infections will often last for, you know, a week or two, um, is that the patient may have four, five, six, ten straight days of migraine, and they go into something called status migranosis which is where you have migraine more than 72 hours. So these infections are something to be avoided because once you acquire them, it often uh, sends the migraines into a tailspin. Right. Uh, In the groups online, everyone is talking about this, how bad we feel when we get sick, how it kicks us into days of migraine, how we are used to having to avoid infections because it hits us so hard with our migraine disorder or other headache disorder. Um, So does the fact that we have a migraine disorder or or other headache disorder, does it make us more likely to develop COVID-19? Well, we have absolutely no data um, of that. We do know that some of the high-risk groups for infections are those that have other illnesses. Mm-hmm. Those other illnesses um, are more common in migraine patients. So w- one illness in particular is asthma. Mm-hmm. Asthma is more common in migraine patients, and that makes patients more likely to have a more severe course. High blood pressure is another one, and that's something that also is more common in patients with migraine as well. Um, uh, pa- uh, patients uh, that have um, uh, take uh, medications, for example, that suppress the immune system. And, and a lot of patients, like, for example, autoimmune diseases are more common, things like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. So that might make you more likely to, to develop the, the illness as well. There's nothing to say per se that migraine, in the absence of these other illnesses, makes you more likely to develop it. But when you do develop it, it's like the double whammy. Mm-hmm. So you you get you get the infection and it isn't doesn't that make you feel bad enough? But then you got to deal with this horrendous migraine on top of it. It, you know, I can tell you myself, I have I suffer from migraines and some of the worst migraines I've ever had 
or when I've had an infection and, and it just, it makes you feel totally wrung out. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. <laughs> and it's very hard to take care of your kids or yourself if you're sick and you're stuck in bed with migraine at the same time. Um, it is a terrible feeling. Are there, um, any medications that we take as people with migraine that would be a problem for us if we were to develop an infection like COVID-19? Well, the one that's been most talked about are anti-inflammatory medications or NSAIDs. And the World Health Organization came out with a statement saying that if a patient had COVID-19 infection, that they should avoid anti-inflammatories because it might actually make things worse and suppress your immune system in an unfavorable way. That recommendation was based on very little evidence uh, for, you know, we've had infectious disease doctors at our institution that have gone back and reviewed all the data. And they say there's really not a lot of data on that. However, since the statement was made, uh, there is a recommendation by our infectious disease doctors that if you have a definite case of COVID-19 that you may not, you may want to avoid anti-inflammatories. Mm-hmm. However, if you don't have COVID-19 and you're just treating a migraine attack, there's nothing to say that you couldn't use an anti-inflammatory in that, in that situation. So one group of drugs is these anti-inflammatories. The other group is uh, blood pressure medication. So we know that there's one, one medication called Candesartan, which is in the class of medications called ARBs, A-R-B-S, mm-hmm. and uh, other medications that are, that are, that are, called a- are in, in the category called ACE medications, they include things like lisinopril. Right. Um, there's a theoretic um, belief or thought that these might make you more likely to, to develop the uh, COVID-19 infection, although there's not great data for that. What they base that on is there, there's, there's things called receptors in the lungs for um, different uh, enzymes, and those are upregulated um, in patients on these medications. And those, are the, those receptors are the ones that uh, that bind the COVID-19 virus. So there's some theoretic concern about whether those medications are safe. However, uh, our infectious disease doctors at our institution reviewed the data as well, and they do not think at this point that anyone should come off them right. um, based on the data that we know currently. That may change over over time as we learn as we learn more. And then the and third group of can medica- I interrupt you? I'm sorry. Just a quick question. You started that by saying blood pressure medications, and you listed two. Many people with migraine are on beta blockers. They're not included in the blood pressure medications that you're no. referring to, are they? No. no. Okay. Just wanted to clarify that. So please continue. The third group of medications that you need to be concerned about would be steroids, and that includes a drug called prednisone or another one called a decadron is sometimes used. We use these to try to break a cycle of status migranosis. That's a migraine attack that lasts more than 72 hours. These medications suppress the immune system. So we don't know whether giving these meds might make you more likely to develop the COVID-19 infection. But at least it's something that I do talk, um, talk about with my patients when I give a steroid taper. Okay. Um, so Steroids, we're often, people are given those sometimes when we have a flare where our pain lasts for a long time. So it might be something to think twice about if you have a flare during this period of time, discuss it with your doctor um, if you're considering going on steroids. Um, So 
My next question is going to be, let's discuss a few things that we can do, that we can discuss with our health care provider to make sure that we have continuity of care during this time. Um, what are some things you're doing with your patients to make sure they're taken care of during this time when many of us are told we need to stay at home, et cetera? Well, at our institution, they just cancel all our appointments for the last two weeks. Okay. So there's no ability for patients to come into our office so we've been doing a lot of uh, telemedicine where we've been do- making phone calls with our patients, finding out how they're doing, uh, sometimes initiating new therapies over the phone. Um, we're also going to be doing some, um, some video visits as well, where if patients have iPhones, uh, then we can a- they can actually uh, see me and I can see them, which, kinda, uh, which I think helps because a lot of times you can tell a lot just by looking at somebody's face mm-hmm. about uh, how well they're doing. Um, as well. So I, I would encourage you to, to use these services uh, with your physicians and, uh, and check in with them because there's lots of things that can be done uh, via uh, telemedicine. Okay. Um, my next request would be um, pharmacy things. Online, when people need meds, it was recommended that maybe talk to your pharmacy about having your medications mailed to you. Is this something you've seen your patients do? Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, using some of these mail order uh, pharmacies is, is great. Sometimes local pharmacies will deliver to your house. So anything to avoid contact with other people um, it would, be, would be preferable. Okay. Um, the last thing uh, I was hoping we could chat about is sort of stress and anxiety at times like this. Uh, it makes our migraines and our headaches so much worse. It also can decrease your immune response. And so I just wanted to make sure we talk to people about that right now. Um, What is it you're saying to your patients about the stress and anxiety related to times like this and staying healthy? Well, I think there's lots of um, stress um, in the world right now. And if you take a lot of people and put them at home and then make them not as busy as they normally are, then and I think that can increase stress too, because people start to worry more and, and you, have, you have more time to think about things. Usually when you're distracted, um, you tend to worry, worry less. Um, so I think it's really important we practice healthy uh, neurologic lifestyles. So mm-hmm. one of the things that we do to manage stress is to, is to continue to exercise. There's mm-hmm. nothing to say that you can't go outside as long as you practice your social dis- distancing and you can go out and walk or if you're a jogger that's fine. Or if you like doing elliptical. So I think maintaining exercise is good. It increases your immune response, makes you less vulnerable to, to, uh, to infection. A uh, second, um, maintaining adequate sleep, uh, during sleep, um, it regenerates your immune system. So mm-hmm. if you get get reasonable sleep, you're less likely to develop infections. And you're less prone to the COVID-19 uh, virus. Um, other stress relievers would be things like, um, practicing biofeedback, if that's available to you, or relaxation techniques. Mm -hmm. There's something called progressive muscle relaxation, where you relax relax different groups of muscles in your body, um, and and that helps with stress. Uh, There's other things called guided visual imagery, where you imagine yourself in a very uh, peaceful place. There's a variety of different audio tapes and audio files that you can use to uh, start uh, doing these activities. And then finally, I would say just do things that you enjoy. Right. If you like, if you have hobbies, um, yeah. do your hobbies. If you like to read, 
Go ahead and read. If you like playing board games, do board games. If you like watching movies, watch your movies. Do things that you enjoy during this time to try to, to relax. Um, and finally, I think you need to have some, some hope. You know, I mean, if you turn the the if you turn the news on, you you think that the world is crashing in. Yeah. But I can tell you, for one thing, is if if we practice all the things that they're talking about, we keep our social distancing, we wash our hands on a frequent um, basis, and, uh, and we don't do we don't travel and so forth. Um, we're going to beat this thing, and mm-hmm. uh, it may take um, you know a month or two, could even be a little bit longer than that. But we will we will get through this. Um, so I would end the whole thing with a the whole the whole uh, podcast with a um, a word of hope that we will get through this. We will survive as long as we as long, long as we take the appropriate uh, precautions. This is a serious situation, but it's yeah. one that we can deal with. Yes, and I would love to throw out a word of hope too. I think that personally, when I do st- distraction techniques and I do them with my kids, for those of us that are moms and that aren't used to working from home and being here with our kids all day, I make sure they're uplifting and that everyone's mood is high. I have the kids doing yoga videos online, and I do yoga videos online, and we color things that are beautiful or imp- or empowering. And when we watch movies, we make sure they're ones that put everyone in a happy mood. Um, and so I, in closing, just as Dr. Martin said, I think that everyone, make sure you keep your mood up um, and you stay positive. Um, and that is also very good in keeping us healthy and keeping a neurological lifestyle that's good for us. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add, Dr. Martin, before we close? One last thing is that yeah. because there's no physician office visits, those uh, patients that were receiving onobotulinum toxin A, which is Botox, mm-hmm. have had their treatments interrupted. Yeah. But I think that's probably worth, worth mentioning. So what we've been trying to do is, is either add different medications in during this time where Botox um, administration may not be reasonable or, at, or um, you know, either increasing existing meds or adding new preventative meds in to try to blunt the effect of um, not being able to get Botox for a period of time. Yes, that is, it's very difficult when your Botox treatment is late. So reaching out to all those people, reach out to your doctor and ask for help in the meantime um, until you can get your, your treatment. And I'm so glad Dr. Martin brought that up. So thank you so much for joining us today on Heads Up. And please join us again next week on the weekly podcast of the National Headache Foundation. Bye-bye, everyone.